Hey, let's get right into the Word. Missed, uh, we missed being together last week, and I hope you were able to watch online. Bethany brought a powerful message, but a great word that she had for us. And um, Tammy and I, and uh, we were able to minister in California. We were at Angelus Temple with the Dream Center, one of our partners, and uh, just altars were packed. And then we were at um, Matt and Bianca, if you remember Bianca. They planted a church, preached at her church, Matt and her church, a Sunday night. Again, God just moved in a great way, and I think I talked her to coming back in here in September to preach for us, so be looking out for that. Um, Genesis 26, verse 12 through 22. I'm going to read 10 verses, so hang with me, um, but a little bit longer passage than we usually read, um, but I think God has a lot to say to us today. The Bible says that Isaac, and this would be Isaac, he's the son of Abraham, the, the father of, of our faith. Isaac planted crops in that land, and the land is a place called Gerar, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. How many of you know that any blessing you have has come from the Lord? The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And the man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth or with dirt. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You've become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names as his father had given them. And Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, The water is ours. So he named the well Essek because they disputed him. And it's a play on words in the Hebrew. The Hebrew word Asik, not Essek, means to dispute. Verse 21, Then they dug another well. But they quarreled over that one also, so it named it Sitna. Sitna means accusation. So you have the well of Essek. Somebody shout Essek. You have the well of Sitna. It means accusation. These three wells will be important later on. And he moved on from there and dug another well. And no one quarreled over it. And he named it Rehoboth. Somebody shout Rehoboth. Saying, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Rehoboth means a place of room, a, a wide open place. Um, resistance, if you don't know this, is required for growth, and growth will bring resistance. Um, you know this to be true intuitively. You may not phrase it that way, but you know it to be true intuitively. Um, right now, Jonas, our, our nine week old, um, soon to be 10 week old, is, uh, you know, when you hold him up on your shoulder, he's in that stage where his head's doing the bobble. You remember that for an infant? It's like, it's like you can barely hold it and you're kind of catching it right. Um, it's because uh, there is resistance on his neck. There, there's a, a, a little head, you know, there's gravity pulling on him. Come on, somebody. And then these little neck muscles are trying to grow. So if there was no resistance, um, then the next muscles would never develop and they would never fully be able to hold the head. So resistance is required for growth. Um, I, I was, I'm taking some classes and so I was on the, a call with my professor on Friday 
and he was explaining all the work I was going to have to do this semester, and um, I was thinking, this is resistance. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, it's, it's a new muscle. I'm going to, all the research I've got to do and the writings I've got to do and the things I've got to understand, he was like, this is, I was got off the phone, I was like, this is going to be a lot of work, but the resistance that the work creates will build a muscle for me that I will benefit from later, but if I don't have the resistance, I don't get the growth. Um, this is the whole point of working out. Some of you have made the commitment to work out, and this is your year. And some of you, you made that commitment, and you've already like, yeah, I'm kind of good where I'm at. And you're no longer at the gym in the morning. Don't raise your hand. But the whole point of working out is that the weight puts resistance on the muscle, and it is the resistance that strengthens and grows the muscle. So resistance is required if you're going to grow, and the same is true in your spiritual life. And I didn't want you to launch into this year, and, and in the first Sunday of the year, we talked about how that God is moving you from one season to another, and for some of you, it's time to move on, that you got stuck in the changeover between seasons, and I don't want you to go into the next season of life, and, and whatever it is that God has for you, and whatever you're believing God for, I don't want you to go into that season thinking that it's going to be a cakewalk. Because if you're going to have greater growth in the next season of life, you are going to face resistance. Somebody shout resistance. So I didn't want you to get to that place and go, oh, that God has forgotten about me, or God isn't with me, or God's not for me, or, or man, God's not hearing my prayers, and God's not responding to my cry. No, God is responding to your cry, so he allows some weight to be put on you so that you can build a greater muscle of faith so that you can take care of what he wants you to take care of in the next season of life. But if you're not careful, then you will think that the resistance is God is against you when actually God is for you. See, God is good at answering the prayer that's within the prayer. It's just a concept I thought of the other day, how God answers the prayer in the prayer. I was speaking to our college students, and I told them, God will answer your prayer within the prayer. We will pray, God bless me, God use me, God take me to a new season, God give me greater influence, God expand my business, God launch, God whatever it is. And God goes, okay, in order to do that, you're going to have to be able to have some muscles that carry the weight of that. So the prayer within the prayer is not the prayer you prayed, but resistance needs to come because you now want to carry 45 pound weights but you only got muscles for 15 pound weights are you with me and so Isaac is in a place of resistance the Bible says that God blessed him that he became wealthy his wealth continued to grow and he became very wealthy some of you are like give me some of that Lord give me some of that very wealthy some of you just you got out of college you're like I'll take the very wealthy Jesus and so God made him very wealthy, yet his wealth caused the king to come to him and say, Isaac, you have grown too large, and now I need you to leave. So the blessing of God got him kicked out. I wonder if you've ever felt that way. I wonder if you've ever been in a place where you're like, I know I'm blessed, but why am I lonely? And you feel guilty because you're like, I shouldn't be feeling this way because God's been so good to me. And God will be good to you. God, God will bless you in incredible ways. This is one of the ways that you know it is time for you to change seasons because you have outgrown the previous season. 
because God's blessed you and God's favored you and God's growing you. And you'll find that people that used to want to be around you, it seems like they don't call you as much anymore. It's because you are growing, outgrowing the season you were in. I'm not saying you're outgrowing people. You should always love people. But I'm saying you will sometimes outgrow the season you used to be in. You, they used to like to hang out with you because you were bitter. But now you are getting free from bitterness and they don't want to hang out with you anymore because you're outgrowing that last season. You used to want to hang out with you because you used to like to gossip and you used to like to tear people down and you used to have a negative spirit. But God's been doing some things on the inside of you and you have outgrown that season and God's taking you into a new season. God's outgrowing the gift in that season. He's moving you into a new one. And so it is the blessing of God that is causing you to leave the one thing to go into the next thing. So it's the blessing that got him kicked out. God, you've been so good to me, and I've been here in this place where I feel like, God, I feel guilty that I feel exhausted, but I'm exhausted because of the blessing. God, I'm blessed, but I'm lonely. But it's the blessing that has caused me to be isolated and lonely. Has anybody ever felt this way? Maybe I'm just preaching to myself today. God, I prayed for all this, but now all this is creating a weight that is heavy to carry. God, I asked for this, but now this is bringing about some pain that I didn't know it'd bring with it. See, the blessing can begin to look like a burden if you don't keep it in right perspective. Because it was that God made him wealthy and powerful is the reason he was kicked out of the nation. And you will begin to call the blessing of God, of God a burden if you don't have the right eyes to see it. And we will begin to curse the very thing that we've been begging God for. We'll begin to speak ill of the very thing that we asked God. We had been on our knees crying out to God, God, do this in my life. God, move in my life. God, open this door. Then God opens the door. And now the responsibility of the blessing that came with the open door now feels like a burden. And now we're complaining about the burden. Could it be that God is not answering and providing for the current thing you're believing for because you're complaining about the thing he gave you last? Y'all don't want me to preach this today. That's all right. Because here's the deal. The blessings of God can become common to you real quick. And when they become common, they become a burden. You prayed for that family. Now you're complaining about having to parent. Come on now. You were begging God and crying out for financial breakthrough. Now you're complaining about God wanting you to be generous. You prayed and pled God for that marriage. Now you're complaining because he don't pick up his socks. And personality, come on now. I'm getting into your world right now. And so we begin to complain about the blessing that God gave us because the blessing has become a burden because the burden carries a weight with it. And we will begin to think that God isn't with us and God isn't for us because we begin to see the blessing as a burden. No, it's a blessing. But the greater the blessing God gives you, the heavier the burden. Why? Because God will not create a life for you where he is not needed. So he will not bless you to a place that you no longer need him. So the blessing brings a greater weight. The greater weight requires greater dependence. Greater dependence brings greater blessing. Greater blessing. But do you all see what I'm saying? 
The blessing is meant to push you to God, not push you away from God. And for some of you, you started out strong. But the blessing became common. Blessing became common. You, you begged God for that car. Then you started complaining about the insurance. You were so thankful the day you got that job. Now you leave at 4.59 and 59 seconds. Come on, somebody. It's because the blessing became common. The goodness of God became common. Church can become common to you. I would say that if I wasn't the pastor, but you're in an uncommon church. But it can become common. It just become routine. So what we do, we show up, check the box, go through things. They're going to sing some songs. He's going to preach. He's gonna, maybe he's funny today. Maybe he's not funny today. Maybe I'll take notes. Maybe I won't take notes. He's always funny, by the way. <laughs> See, I told you. Point proven. We just kind of go through the routine thing. I kind of take it. Kind of maybe I'll come today. Maybe, I won't, maybe I'll tune in online. Maybe I won't tune in. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe, maybe I'll watch it on the app later on. It's come, kind of become common. You know, God can become common to you. He's not your genie in a bottle. You don't rub him whenever you need some wishes. He's sovereign over the universe. He's holy and he's altogether other than anything that we ever hope to be. He's God over all. And it can become common and we can begin to see it as a burden. You know, maybe, maybe we all need to set um, calendar reminders on our phone for the first day of every month, a reoccurring, where we do a blessing inventory. Just so we start the month off with our perspective, right? God, you've been so good to me. God, you've blessed me more than I could ever dream or imagine. God, I, and we just begin to recount the goodness of God because if you don't keep it in right perspective, because the blessing will push you into new places and the blessing of God will open new doors for you and the blessing of God will move you out of one season into another season and it'll feel like rejection and it'll feel like loneliness and it'll feel like nobody's around for you and it'll feel like nobody understands you but it's not any of that. It is God moving you into a greater space. But sometimes you've got to walk through that to get to where God wants to take you. The Bible says that as he began to grow, he had to move. And that as he moved, he was uh, determined to reopen the wells of his father, Abraham. But they had closed up all the wells. The Philistines had put dirt in there to close up all the wells. And this was a very strategic move by the Philistines because how many of you know that if you were going to sustain um, your livestock and your agriculture, you need water? And they not just needed water, they needed living water. And so below the earth was running, it was water that was active. And so they dug down until they hit that. Abraham's um, family before him dug down until they hit that. And so he's reopening these wells. And the Philistines wanted to choke off the wells because if you can choke off the water, you can choke off the supply that would sustain the blessing God gave you. And so Abraham dug some wells. The Philistines put dirt in them Isaac reopened them. Why? Because he needed the water to sustain the blessing of the herd, the cattle, and the agriculture. Are you with me? And I would propose to you today that if you are going to 
push through the resistance in your life, you are going to need some water that will sustain you that you cannot find in this world. That there is a well, there is a fountain that never runs dry, and he's found in the person of Jesus. But here is what the enemy will want to do in your life, is he will want to choke off, he will want to Stop up the flow of the water that will sustain you, of living water that comes from the person of Jesus. And so he will want you to fill back in those wells and, and clog them up so that his water doesn't flow to you. But Isaac said, no, 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 I'm going to reopen those wells. And I would just say today at the beginning of this season, the beginning of this year, that there may be some wells that some of you need to redig in your life. There may be some wells, and I know this next section may feel a little bit old school, but I'm just telling you, this is what works. There needs to be some wells redug like the well of the Word of God. We need to redig the well of God's Word. Here's what I mean by that is, is if the only word that you're giving is the one I give you, then you're going to be spiritually emaciated. You cannot eat one day a week, one meal a week, and expect to be strong the rest of the week. The same thing is true in your walk with God. You cannot expect me to feed you one meal a week if you come every week and expect to be spiritually strong. That whenever resistance hits you, it will knock you over like a piece of paper because you have not fortified yourself, you have not dug down and got a sustaining word from God. Are you with me? I, I, I find myself whenever I'm in these moments that because I had parents, thank God, that taught me how to memorize the word of God whenever I was a little kid, that there are, well, there are words that will rise up in me that I haven't even read in years that I will dig into because the Word of God was planted in my heart. You've got to plant the Word of God in your heart on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. You've got to hide this Word in my heart that I might not sin against God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord will stand forever. You can't build your life on pop culture, on what CNN says, what Fox News says, you got to build your life on what the Word of God says. You need to redig the well of the Word in your life. I know that sounds old school, but I'm telling you, His Word is like a powerful two-edged sword that cuts to the core of the issues of our life. His Word will sustain you. His word will strengthen you when you feel all alone. When the blessing has moved you into a place of rejection and you're like, where is everybody? You need a word that'll pop up that goes, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. When you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you need a word in you that goes, I know he's got good plans for me. They're plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. We need to redig the well of the word of God. We need to redig the well of worship. The well of worship, and I'm not talking about how high you can raise your hands or how loud you can sing. I'm talking about what gets your heart's affection and your mind's attention Monday through Saturday. For some of us, Instagram gets our heart's affection and our mind's attention because we turn to it quicker than we do God. I may be speaking from experience. Are you with me? For some of us, our job is what gets all of our mind's attention and our heart's affection. 
For some of us, it's our children. For some of us, it's our monies. For some of us, it's our hobbies. Whatever it may be, none of those things are inherently bad at all. But what is preeminent in your life? We need to redig the well of worship where our, our day is saturated. I was teaching our college students this week in chapel about, Paul said, to pray always. That doesn't mean that we should, we should crawl around on our knees all day long. But it means that we're in this state of constant communion with God. We're in a constant conversation with God. Where He has our worship. Where we're checking in with Him before we check in with our news feed. Where we're checking in with Him before we check in with what the news tells us. Before we turn on anything where, God, you have my heart's affection and my mind's attention because I need you because if I don't dig this well of worship, I will not have the flow into my life that will sustain the blessing that you're giving me and I will get stuck in this season. I need the flow that comes from the well of worship. I need that. I may be preaching to myself today, but I need the well of worship. I can't sustain, I can't get up here every week, I can't parent, I can't leave my home, I can't lead the school, I can't lead the television, I can't, all the things that God has given me are blessings, but they cannot be sustained and they cannot multiply if I don't get the well of the word of God dug in my life and the well of worship dug in my life. I will not sustain it. See, some of us are trying to sustain in our earthly strength what came from heaven. And you cannot sustain a heavenly blessing with earthly strength, earthly attempts. We've got to redig the well. You need to redig the well of faith in your life. When is the last time that you attempted something for God that you knew if God didn't come through, it wouldn't happen? See, we can so get into this rote routine where our faith isn't alive. I mean, we're coming, we love God, we're Christian, all that is great. But where our faith isn't alive, it's not active, it's, it's, not, it's not grabbing hold of something, it's not believing God for something greater. We need to redig the well of faith where we go, God, I'm going to stand on your word. Like Paul said, when I've done all I know to do, I'll still stand on the word of God. When I don't understand it, I'm going to stand on the word of God. When I don't understand it, I'm going to keep my faith. When I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm going to keep walking in faith. Whenever I'm crying tears, I'm going to keep walking in faith, God. I'm going to redig the well of faith in my life and believe God at his word. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to trust him. I don't want to trust popular opinion. I'm going to trust what everybody else tells me. I'm not going to trust what my mom and them tell me. I'm going to trust what God has said. And I'm going to have my faith rooted in what God has told me. We need to redig the well of faith where we stop backing down and becoming spineless. Can I just talk for real? That we become spineless Christians that are just like, well, life is just going to happen to me. I'm just, I, want to re, I want a church that will redig the well of faith and go, I'm determined to get a spine like steel. I'm determined to stand up, to have my shoulders squared back and my head held high. I'm determined to do what God, I'm determined to see God move in my generation. I'm determined to God see him heal bodies. And I'm determined to see him restore marriages and break a 
addictions and bring people that are far from him to him. I'm determined to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to redig the well of faith in our life. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We need to redig the well of faith. Some of you, a, a, a fire of faith needs to be reignited on the inside of you. Because you are going to face resistance. And if you have not got a supply, a flow of the word, a flow of worship, a flow of faith into your life, then it'll knock you all around. You'll blame it on God, but it ain't God. And you'll begin to call the blessing a burden. And you'll curse the blessing. Isaac went on. And it says that he dug a well at Sitna, or at Essek. And that means quarrel. It means to have a dispute. It means to be criticized. Just want to warn you. Just want to warn you, fair warning, if you determine to dig the well of God's word, of worship, and of faith in your life, you'll have some critics. I personally don't have any experience with this. But I've heard some from some, from some friends that you'll have some people that'll say things about you that don't really know you, don't know your motive, don't know your heart, don't know your decision-making process, don't know how long you prayed through it, cried through it, begged God, sought counsel, don't know anything about you. But they'll crit- But if you're wanting to please people, you'll put dirt back in the wells. You can't please people. You've got to go with thus says the Lord. And he went on from Essek and he went to Sitna. And Sitna means the place of accusation. The Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of the believers. Enemy will begin to accuse you internally. Who do you think you are? Why do you think God would use you that way? Don't you know what you did last week? Don't you know the life you've lived up? God wouldn't bless you. God wouldn't favor you. God wouldn't move you into a new season. Accuser. You have accusations from the outside. People make opinions about you. You think you're too good now? Oh, you're too big for your britches? Oh, you're a holy roller now? No, I've outgrown that season. I'm moving into a new season. And then he came to Rehoboth. And Rehoboth is the place of blessing. Rehoboth means more than enough. It means wide open spaces. And there were no accusers and there were no critics in Rehoboth. See, God wants to take you to Rehoboth. He wants to take you to the place where there's more room than you need for him to grow you into everything he's created you to be. But you couldn't grow into that at Essex. 
and you couldn't grow into that at Sitna, you've got to get to Rehoboth because Rehoboth is the place that has room for your gift to grow and for your influence to grow. It's the place where it is bigger than anything you dreamed about. It's more than you imagined. It's more than you thought of. It's exceedingly, abundantly, and above anything you can dream or imagine. But if you stop at Essek because they're criticizing you, then you won't get to Rehoboth. And if you stop at Sitna because they're accusing you, you won't get to Rehoboth. You have got to push through what the critics, what the resistance meant to tear you down. You need to praise God for them because they were an elevator to lift you up to another level, to the next dimension of what God wanted to do in your life. So you can't quit at Essex. Come on, somebody. You can't quit at Sitna. You've got to move on to Rehoboth. You've got to move on to the place of more than enough. So just keep digging is my word for you. Keep digging and keep moving. Keep digging in the word and keep moving. Keep digging in worship and keep moving. Keep digging in faith and just keep moving because God will get you to the place God wants to take you. I just want to tell you that the breakthrough is right around the corner when the resistance is the greatest. When you feel like you're fighting harder than you've ever fought. When you feel like you're pushing more than you've ever pushed. The breakthrough is right around the corner. Somebody give him praise today. Come on, shout, keep digging. Come on, lift it up to heaven. Hallelujah. Come on, death has lost its grip. You have broken Come on, there's salvation in the name of Jesus. everyone if they would to bow their head and close their eyes for just a moment I said no one move at any campus it's a sacred moment you can wait a few more minutes the Bible tells us that we don't get in right relationship with God by our best efforts our our works we come into relationship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. We've been singing about it all day. And the scripture teaches us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the standard of God, but that God made a way through Jesus for us to have forgiveness of sin. And today I wanna give you the opportunity to know that you have peace with God, to know that your sins are forgiven, to know that when you face the resistance that God will be with you that God will walk through it with you. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I don't, I don't have confidence that I have peace with God. I don't know for certain that heaven is my home at every location. I'm gonna count to three. I just want you to shoot your hand up real high and we're gonna pray in just a moment. I'm not gonna embarrass you. 
But I just want to know who I'm praying with at every location. Campus pastors are on your platform. When I get to three, you shoot your hand up high. One, two, three. You just shoot it up real high. God bless you. God bless you. You can put it down. Father, let's, let's pray together for the benefit of those who are praying it for the very first time. Let's pray out loud, church. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I tried it my own way. It's not working. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Give me a brand new beginning. I commit to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's thank God for all those who made that decision. Come on, church.